Welcome to the Restoring Our City podcast, our platform where we have candid conversations on today's topics to help connect our community. Be sure to check us out at restoringourcity.org where you can find the latest content. Follow us on social media at Restoring Our City on Facebook and Instagram and The Rock Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. You can also submit your anonymous questions to us on our website via the Ask Me Anything link. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and also on Spotify, where you can watch the video version of the podcast and answer poll questions and Q&As. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. everyone will welcome back to the restoring our city podcast uh, where we're just trying to have candid conversations on today's topic and we're in the middle of a series called and they'll know we are christians by our blank and each week we're going to be filling in that blank with something else um, and this week we're going to be talking about and they'll know we are christians by our standards and i'm excited to have this conversation with my two co-hosts Jobin and Bijoy. What's up, guys? And what are you looking forward to talking about this week with this topic? You know, I, I think this is going to be a good conversation. There's a lot of things that we're going to be discussing over the next uh, few episodes that I don't know if people actually take the time to talk about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of the candid conversations that we'll have. Yeah, I think this is an interesting one as we talk about, you know, perceptions of Christians and kind of this internal look at it. And I'm sure we all have our crazy church stories. So looking forward to sharing that. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, if you've been a Christian for more than a couple of minutes here, one thing we all know about Christianity is the rules. This yep. is, uh, I mean, even from an outside perception, you guys are just are a bunch of rule makers and rule followers. And sometimes those rules do affect us as Christians too. So tell me maybe a time that you guys felt judged by the Christian community, maybe you weren't living up to a rule, maybe you broke a rule, maybe you were just afraid of people knowing that you were living against a standard. You guys have a story like that? Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> just let's get into up. our sins. <laughs> Man. All right, let's just publish this. Uh, no, you know, it's crazy. Like just growing up in church, and you know, by the way, all the people who rebuked me and corrected me, I, I'm super grateful for all of them. Not kind of call people by names, but you know man, it was tough, right? Like you get called out for things. Um, I remember I had a pool table in my basement. I had a pool table. Okay. Everyone just hung out, played pool in my basement until my parents hosted the prayer meeting at my house. And of course everybody eats and then they all shuffle down to the basement to hang out and eat and whatever. And guess what? We're all playing pool. The visiting pastor who came to speak at that meeting comes down, sees my pool table He's an older gentleman. He's just like, how are you growing up in a Pentecostal home and having a pool table? And I was just like, <laughs> I don't understand where this is going. And apparently he started telling me how it's a sin to have a pool table and no one back in Kerala would be got dead with a pool table. And I was just like, he started talking about gambling and stuff. And we're like, we're not gambling on this game right now. Um, well, you should have, but you know, it was totally crazy to me and i just didn't think about it and he was talking about this historical traditional thing but it really 
caught me off guard and I felt super judged in that moment because I worked really hard as a high school kid to buy that pool table. Apparently I'm a sinner for it. So um, we got rid of it. Well, some people have harder rules than others. (laughs) But Joy, what do you got on that end? Yeah, I mean, I I would say this isn't even uh, the Indian churches that we grew up in. I I remember a church, you know, where like, I mean, I was doing a lot, serving, doing all these kinds of things and people were getting, you know, people knew me and yet they were, I heard like inklings that, you know, some people were like, oh, you know, he's doing, he's serving and he's doing all these things, but he's out at this bar or he's, you know, drinking or he's, you know, like just things like that, where it's like, man, you know, like that, it was tough. It was tough to take that judgment, you know? And I mean, we could talk about that whole piece of it, but it's like, you felt like, man, I was I like, you should know my heart, right? And you should know who I am. So the fact that like those things or, you know, superseded anything else, you know, I totally felt judged in that moment. Yeah, I actually have a similar story to you, Bajoy. I think when I was in in college, I, um, by God's grace, he, he kind of, you know, found me at my lowest points. But I used to hang around with all the people that were further away from God, even though I was hanging around and, and going to Bible study, going to church and different things like that. But I always felt like I, I had kind of two circles in my life at the moment. I had like my Christian circle that all the Christian kids always used to hang out and be in this bubble. And then I had all my other friends that were not part of this bubble, but would uh, go out and party and, and drink and all these other things. And I kind of had to kind of jump between both circles. And, you know, the the non-Christian side would always be like, well, why are you just going to Bible studies and hanging out with them all the time? And then that side would be like, well, how are you coming to Bible study? And then, you know, hanging out with these guys on this side, I'm like, man, I'm just caught between a, a rock and a hard place here. Um, so, you know, that being said, though, I, I think maybe it is good that we have rules and standards. We can't just say, hey, let's just throw these all out of, the window but what is the difference between using these rules to be legalistic versus using these uh rules to truly rebuke and correct and become more holy what is that that difference because i think it's a fine line yeah no it's a it's a good question and i'm curious to see what people's perception of jesus would be like and who he hung out with and if they're going to just critique <laughs> you know critique people by just their surrounding friends and things like that but um you know, we could get into the whole legalism uh, versus licensure debate, right? It's, there's so much. And, you know, when we talk about theologically, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to throw away the law and really point to the law and be a better fulfillment of it. There's got to be those rules and regulations. I don't know where in the Bible it says that you can't have a pool table. I never read that verse, (laughs) but, you know, but people use some of these standards inappropriately just to kind of create this exclusive club of Christians and it's super, super duper holy. And, um, and I think that's just a horrible way to apply the law, but the law should really show us. I heard this really great example. I may have shared it in Bible study once. Uh, and I read it through a, a small group curriculum, but the law is like a mirror that you look at so you can see the blemishes on your skin, right? It's not you're not taking the mirror and scrubbing your face with it so you clean yourself. You're not using mm-hmm. the law to cleanse you. It's really there to help provide an insight into how sinful we truly are so we can know the gospel and the saving work of who Jesus is, right? And so I think we oftentimes 
fall into churches and communities and societies that judge us with the law and tries to scrub our faces with the mirrors. Mm. It's kind of strange. That's good. That's good. But Joey, you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, being Christian, right. In general is there's, there's standards and there's rules and things like that. But um, I don't think those are meant for us to like live these like cookie cutter Christian lives. Right. Like I think to Jobin's point, like, you know, scripture says like everything is permissible and not, but not everything permissible is beneficial. Right. Mm-hmm. So we do have the freedoms and, and we've, I think we remove God's grace sometimes where we feel like we have to do all of these things and live a certain way and look a certain way in order to gain God's favor, you know? And then we kind of lose the other side of what the gospel is. Right. Um, but then I also think that being Indian adds a whole nother layer. So Indian Christian is a different thing because the traditional churches we grew up in are our own parents. I think sometimes they blend cultural uh, standards with, with Christian standards. And then it becomes like, becomes difficult, you know? Yeah, no, that's really, really good. In fact, I think, you know, just to kind of maybe add on to that as well. I love that you said not everything permissible is beneficial. So sometimes it's just thinking about, hey, instead of asking the question, is this right or wrong? Maybe the better question to ask is, is this helping me be more like Christ or not? And that answer might differ from person to person and thing to thing. And maybe that's the better thing to consider rather than just asking the question, is this right? Is this wrong? Man, I listened to this really great um, sermon series by Andy Stanley years ago. And he, and he, title the series, what is the wise thing to do? Because not everything is this clear cut black and white type of issue. Like, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of us have discipled people and, and, and mentored people and things like that before. And this question always comes up, is drinking a sin or is insert whatever a sin, right? And there's this kind of wrestling between that. Um, and, and Pastor Stanley talks about this concept of what is the wise thing to do? Because think about it, like a person who grew up in a culture who's casually drinking or whatever, you know, and doesn't take it out of control. Is that the same thing as somebody who grew up in a family of alcoholics and can't control it? It's what's wise for that person. And you're not just talking about the specific action, but what is the wise thing for them to do? And I think sometimes our families and societies and our churches kind of fall into this trap of trying to define things as black and white and not looking at the person holistically. And then sometimes how we communicate that to others is so warped and then it distorts the whole true message of our faith. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point and an excellent question. Is that the wise thing to do? I I love that. Um, And sometimes, you know, I think our Christian community tries to protect us, right, from these worldly influences and kind of things that, hey, if we just keep us all together, that might be the wisest thing to do. Therefore, we'll never be out there and falling into different things. And sometimes we we see ourselves uh, just keeping our circle to just those that are within uh, the church so that we can all follow these rules together. But how do we balance that, right? Where is the wisdom between, hey, we we understand that there's these things meant to protect us and make us more like Christ. But we also understand we have to go out there um, to a world that doesn't follow these standards and rules and interact with different people, how do I balance that, that line? You know, I think that, um, 
it it is it is tricky because you know it also depends on um just your faith as well right like someone who is newish to faith or have like turned away from certain things that have been uh stumbling for them you know jumping right into an environment where you're not around uh christians to kind of help you navigate and build up like you can find yourself very much kind of falling back into old ways right um, but then I also think that mature believers and Christians tend to just stick to their own sort of like they're, they don't have a lot of friends that are outside of that circle. And so then everyone just kind of starts to look the same and, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's hard because it's either you have to be careful that you're not being more influenced than, you know, like you want to make a difference in someone's life. Right. And so you got to build those relationships. But it's so easy if you're not firm in what you believe that you could be the one that's impacted and the other way, you know, and, and I've seen that happen before too. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, concept too. Right. Because I think a lot of times we're, you know, I'm speaking as a parent and I think about my son, like, how do I send him into this world? And like, I really want to protect him from all those things. Now I understand why my parents wanted me by home by 10 PM and like stay off the road and that kind of thing. But like, do we ever explain the heart motives behind why I want to protect you from these things? It's not like, don't hang around with this kid and that's it. You know, it's like, hey, let's have a conversation about why these people might not be the best influence. But can we really train our Christians and our communities and our churches to be a bigger influence than the world is on us, right? We're so scared that the world is going to impact us. Why aren't we more proactive and bold that we are going to go out into the world and be the bigger influence on them? You know, wish we could flip that um, and really cause some change that way. Yeah, no, that's a great point too, Joe. And in fact, I like that. Use that idea of sort of protecting um, your son and almost trying to get to what is the heart behind this first before just saying, hey, this is a rule that you ought to follow, but rather what is the point? What is the heart? Why do we want you to understand this? I think uh, the, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, um, teach a child a way that it should go. And when he grows old, he will not depart from it. But I was listening to a Jewish commentator uh, explain that verse. And the translation actually should say, teach a child a way that it should go. And when he grows old, it will not depart from him right? Because we have the ability to make our own choices, be influenced in different ways. But if we as a community could get to the heart issues of why these boundaries and these things to make us holy are in place, one day in one way, shape or form, it will end up convicting us. Uh, what are you guys thoughts on that? No, that's, I love that. I mean, because you think about, man, like a lot of these verses in these scriptures, and I grew up in this like Christian school where <laughs> when I was like a little kid, we had to memorize a verse for every single letter of the alphabet. And it was like Bible verse A, all have sinned and could short of the glory of God. B, you know, on all through the alphabet. There's so many of that, those verses that are still ingrained and I can spit it out like that. But do you know how many times I've never took to heart what those verses actually meant? And yeah, I can make choices that completely depart from what the scripture says, but it's like ingrained in you. And and then we go through life and, you know, by the grace of God only that we, he brings us back, which, uh, which is so amazing. So I, I love that concept, it, you know, now that I have this parent kind of, you know, focus now it's like, 
I'm so scared of that because I don't, I don't trust it sometimes. And that's kind of convicting to even say that out loud. I don't trust that the word of the Lord won't depart from my son and he's going to make these mistakes and does it really sink in. So it's almost like really trusting that God has his sights on his people and he takes care of them. I think when we were growing up, um, you know, as, as Christians and, you know, even in youth group and things like that, I think these standards and all of these things, like we were talking about, were a way to just protect, right? The problem is that when you go after the actions and you're going after like people's behaviors and there's no, uh, uh, there's no heart behind that, like, then it's just going to look legalistic, right? Like, when I think about when I started to really explore my faith further, there are things that I thought I was all about back then that are not as significant to me now. It has nothing to do with me remembering that, oh my gosh, like the, the church and Christians are going to come down hard on No, it's through my relationship with Christ that things that I thought were important or things that my heart valued, valued it less, right? Like there's still things I prioritize over, over God all the time, right? There's still things that I choose of this world over him, right? But that changed a lot. So it's not like the standards made more sense to me, you know, when I, when I had a relationship with, with God, you know? Yeah. And I was even going to say, say too, even with talking about legalism and, and these standards, you know, we, we come from churches that are broken and show those things to us imperfectly. Um, and I mean, by any measurable standard, there's not one church that's going to show us these things in a perfect light, the heart behind all these things. But even despite, you know, coming and being born and brought up in a more legalistically framed church, that one day still got to me. I remember being in college at my lowest point just waking up one morning hungover on a Sunday thinking, man, I should be at church right now if I was at home. And that was a standard, but it got to me. And I think that was my turning point. So despite the brokenness and despite the legalism, Job, and just like you said, right, like trusting that God will get through one day, we don't have to scrub our faces with the mirror, but one day he will pick the mirror and put it in front of our face and say, hey, you know, this is how far you've fallen. But that's where grace comes in into play um, th- as well. I think the church has, as a church, as a Christian community, I think we've, we've hurt a lot of people in the process because of these standards and because of our focus on, you know, cre- you know like, pr- well, maybe it's protecting people, whatever it may be. But I think there's a lot of people that, were, that we've hurt along the way, people who may have like felt isolated or felt like they were being judged you know, or, you know, people are criticizing them, or they're not, they don't feel as accepted because of the things that they've done, or whatever it may be, or because we don't agree with, um, like, certain decisions that they made. So I think there is a point where we have to think like, yeah, we need to protect our beliefs. And there are there's a reason why we have standards. But if those become the driving force of our faith, you know, and if that becomes what's dictating whether we're, you know, and we're categorizing someone's faith or their their Christianity by how well they're meeting standards, then we really need to reevaluate our our belief system. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, amen. I, I think that's so so true of you know the church to kind of do that, and maybe that's feeding into this perception of 
how judgmental Christians are. And, and that's what turns people off. I think also on the other end, and I know we'll talk about the external factors later too. It's like, Bejoy, you brought up relationships so much. And it's like, we have to get to that level of relationship of getting to know each other internally as a church before somebody just yells at you and says, hey, why aren't you coming to church or you skipped church or whatever. I remember the story where a friend of mine, um, he didn't want to take communion once and he sat on the side and he didn't take communion um, and everybody else, I guess he was part of the worship team and he didn't take communion. And one of the worship leaders came up to him, put his arm around him and just asked him if he was okay. I noticed you didn't take communion. Just want to make sure you're okay. And he said, in my 30 years or whatever, no one's ever done that. No one's ever asked me if how I was doing because I wasn't in the right frame of mind. And like, sometimes when we make mistakes, the first thing is like, why did you do that? But why do we, why don't we have more of a relationship with each other internally in the church to see how we're doing when we mess up, as opposed to kind of getting mad at us that we kind of went outside the lines a little bit. Yeah, 100%. In fact, that kind of leads to um, this last question I want to end off with, um, you know, we started off this episode with kind of re rewording that, that famous Christian song, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, but rather than love, it seems like we know we are Christians by our standards or by our rules, but how do we truly change it back to what it ought to be? How do we change the perception that we're known for our standards and in showing love? And I think we're starting to scratch the surface here. Um, but yeah, how do we, how do we really do that as a community? I think part of it is, you know, the term accountability that we use, um, you know, the relationship and yes, I've used that word like a buzzword, um, like crazy, but it is important. You know, when I think about people who have spoken into my life, right. Who've said, Hey, listen, like, you know, I know you're thinking about this. I know that, you know, this has been going on or whatever it may be. I take that a lot more to heart because not just because they're a Christian and they're telling me these things, right. It's because I have a relationship with that person and they know who I am and they know like the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. So I receive things better as opposed to just a generic Christian or generic church standards that are like, you should not do this and you should not do that. And why are you, you know, like that's going to be received differently, even as Christians. And I think that's the case, you know, in, in the church, we just don't have enough deep enough relationships that, it just becomes about the standard and not about the heart, you know? And I was going to add to that too, Bajoy, when you're talking about relationships, I was thinking about uh, some of my lowest seasons uh, a few years ago, and I knew that I had totally fallen short of the standards uh, where I should be living. And it came to a point where I'm like, man, I need to, to tell my small group leaders um, and I was so scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, their entire perception of me is about to change. But I remember uh, telling them like, hey, I totally messed up. Um, their first reaction just being like, you know, are you okay? And in the weeks that followed, having people just checking up on me, including both of you sitting here, right? Like, I think I said that on one of our intro episodes, but Joy just, just, um, being like, hey, come over if you want to talk about stuff, we can. If not, we're just going to eat or Joven just um, meeting with me all the time just to kind of check up and and build me up. And you, you hit you both kind of hit it on the head. Relationship here is key. Right. And also just as a community, I think individuals get down already when they don't meet a standard. We don't need to pile on. We need to be like Christ here. 
and and really getting to the heart of the verse a bruised reed he would not break and we don't need to break what is already bruised i think you hit it on the head how do we replace you know being this perception of rules and standards i think we have to replace it with the true standard in jesus right jesus is the standard he should be what people see when they see christians like you know i'm reminded of mark chapter three and i just pulled it up because i wanted to read this Um, mark chapter three verse four where jesus is healing somebody on the sabbath and he says and he said to them is it lawful on the sabbath to do good or to do harm to save life or to kill but they were silent it was just like well, the rule says you shouldn't really work on the Sabbath, but what does Jesus do? And it's not about breaking rules, but you know, how do we love each other? How do we pursue good opposed to evil, right? And, and healing and really feel, changing that blank from rules and regulations and law and just staying within the lines to really portraying who Jesus is. Like, how can we be more like Jesus so that when Christians see you and the way you behave it's like wow there's something different about you that truly is and i'm sure some of us may have heard that in our in our workplaces or friend circles or whatnot and then sometimes we don't and people don't ask if there's anything different because there really isn't Mm. and that's the scary part and i hope we can kind of change that perception by being more like jesus and the only way that we can do that is through a true understanding of the gospel right yeah, I think in, in the church realm and Christian realm, like I, I think that we need to just stop making up standards and like, you mm. know, saying, okay, this is this is how it has to be. This is how we operate. Like, you know, Joven, you just said it yourself. Like, what is the gospel standard? What's Christ? Standard? Like, you know, that that's really what it comes down to, you know, and let's look at his life and emulate that. But, you know, we just got to like the pool table thing is ridiculous, but that's not uncommon. I feel like growing up in the indian and i say this indian christian because again the indian part of it the cultural part of it gets mixed in with the faith part of it and then all of a sudden there's the whole new level of standards and rules that we're all supposed to live by that sometimes it's like does that even make sense is that practical where did you come up with that you know like is that more of a cultural thing is that so i think that as christians we got to stop like just making up standards and rules and, you know, whatever. But also I think that we just, we, we have to just get to the heart of it. Like, are we encouraging people? Are we bringing hope to people right within the church? Are we rebuking or correcting out of love? Or is it because someone's not fulfilling what we think is the standard of living or, or Christian best practices? Yeah. And Jobin, I, I kind of like how you phrased it, right? Like, are we just trying to avoid the bad or are we actively trying to pursue the good? Are we just talking about breaking rules or are we trying to break bread together to get to know one another? We would love to hear from you and would love for you guys to enter this conversations um, with your thoughts on this, or maybe even times that you felt judged or just the ridiculous rules that you've seen. Uh, so if you ever want to chime in, you can always go to restoringourcity.org and click on the Ask Us Anything uh, page. We'd love to hear from you. Also, uh, as you listen on any platform for podcasting, we do remind you that uh, even on Spotify, there is a Q&A section. So we'd love to just have you guys chime in as well. Guys, this has been a blast. I'm curious to see um what the next episode holds they'll know we are christian by our blank what could it be i'm curious to see but i'm excited to have that conversation with both of you so thanks so much for today
Thanks for listening to this episode. Check us out at restoringourcity.org. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify to get the latest content. The Restoring Our City podcast is hosted by Jobin Verghese, Jasmine Thomas, and Bajoy Samuel. Graphics by Claire Skelly, Alexander Skowalski, and Teresa Studley. Our music is Jazzy Abstract Beat by Coma Media from Pixabay. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.